Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank You ain't nothing but a podcast Recording all the time You ain't nothing but a podcast Recording all the time We better stop recording cause you're a co-host of mine Go <laughs> no, You don't have to sing, it was just you go no, no, I'm gonna talk? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I mean the only bit I had uh, in response to that of course is the uh, great quote from the movie where Man, I'd love to get that podcast host on here, but I just don't think they let a college podcast host on. He's white, He's like a... the rest of them. White? What? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Blank Spank, hosted by two white guys, unsurprisingly. The Hank Spank version, the show where we're chronologically reviewing uh, Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Lockton, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al. Elvis is getting cancelled, guys. <laughs> Uh, now, dear listeners, you may be able to tell uh, immediately from um, uh, the vibe uh, that we're back together again. Last yeah. episode was our first time back together in uh, in about two years. Uh, and uh, really, uh, eagle-eyed listeners. Can you be an eagle-eyed listener? Yeah, let's eagle-eared. go. Eagle-eared listeners. They're, they're good. Eagles are good at listening as well, right? Um, yeah. Our bat-eared listeners uh, will have noticed from the uh, poor quality of the microphone that we're at your house, not my house. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so, Al, uh, just to... Last time, mm-hmm. we were in my house. Uh, you were cramped up in a corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we were looking directly at each other because I had a microphone, you know, that has uh, dual directional uh, capabilities. Uh, can you uh, explain for the dear listeners, paint them a picture of how sure. we're recording this podcast now, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, two things. Uh, last time around, uh, when we uh, bought our first microphone, we lived in the same place. Yep. And we, so we got a microphone, which had a multi-directional sound, so we didn't have to buy two microphones because we were cheap. And yep. this might surprise you, but since the adverts stopped, the podcast doesn't make any more money. <laughs> now, in the midst of COVID... When I didn't have a job, we decided, well, I decided to move across before COVID, got to Canada, needed to buy a second mic. And I said to myself, well, I don't need one of those Lamby Pambies round sounds, because if Jamie ever comes, he'll bring his mic. A lie, ladies oh. and gentlemen. Oh, 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 Alexander, let's really pull back the curtain and remind our audience members that I did ask you, do we feel like I need to bring my microphone? And you said no. I could have. Turns out 22 kilograms is plenty of luggage. I had plenty of space for that microphone. But uh, instead, you you didn't paint them this picture at all. Uh... We've got Zoom up. We are, despite the fact we are in person, we are still recording this via Zoom so that we can look at each other on the t- on the screen, which allows us both to be looking in the same direction, i.e., the direction of the microphone. Um, it is a deeply weird experience. I- I'm already disliking this option, uh, where I am essentially Twitch streaming to myself. Um, but we're gonna have to make it work uh, because, Al, it's 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 a special episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not. Only are we back together, but you know, we did that a month ago, so it's not that special there. Uh, as nice as it is to see you. Um, it's the first time we are recording 
a podcast about a film that we have seen in the cinemas. Not even just in the cinemas, in the cinemas together. You are looking quizzical. Can you I think, think of them? I think we, there have been other recent releases where mm. we, we've been up to date, but they've all been online. There was Locked Down. Yeah. There was that uh, Netflix movie. No, Apple TV Plus movie. There was Finch that Tom yeah. Hanks did. There was uh, News of the World. That was the Netflix movie. Uh, there was um, We Crashed, obviously television. Plenty of new releases. We've been up to date for quite a while, but this is the first time that we have ever recorded one that we have watched live in cinema. Not just in cinema, but in cinema together a mere 20 minutes ago, dear listeners. You are getting our opinions hot off the presses on a movie that's been out for three weeks. <laughs> I couldn't quite time my holiday to Vancouver for exactly when Elvis released, unfortunately. Um... But do we wanna do we want normally we have a little bit of a catch up, but yeah. we've actually been with each other for the past five days, basically twenty-four <laughs> seven. I don't know how much catching there is up for us to do. Uh I guess we could catch up our audience members uh on, on how my time in Vancouver has been going. Um your dogs love me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gus, especially. Yeah. Uh, whereas Penny is my favourite. Yes. Because Penny plays hard to get. Of course. Um Gus is obsessed with me. Uh-huh. But Gus also around about my height once he once she stands up so uh very terrifying to me i've been a cat person my entire <laughs> life uh gus will bound up to me uh is about nine times the size of any animal i've ever interacted with so uh i'm very scared and uh that seems to make gus want me more yeah uh, it's very stressful um I, question is gus like this with other people yeah, yeah, yeah. gus loves all people uh but i think probably because wrong answer you're just, supposed to go no no no, no. <laughs> hear me out just in the way that Penny plays hard to get to you, you are playing hard to get for <laughs> Gus, and that's why she wants it more. Perfect. Uh, so what you're saying is I just need to chill out a little bit. I yeah, need to, yeah. I, I need to melt. Or get a cat which, uh, when standing up on its hind legs, reaches your shoulders. Okay, so I need to get a tiger. Yeah. Um, I've seen a Netflix documentary about this. Goes great. Fantastic. We are set. Um, basic, that's basically all we've done since we've got here. Drunk and hung out with, uh, with dogs. Yeah, so, a lot of dogs. We're going to go see some bears. We are going to go see some bears. Um, probably going to be about the similar size. Yep. I, about as scary how, to me. How big do you think a bear is? These are adult bears. Well, I've never seen a bear before, Alexander. I assume your Canadian bears are piddly and weak. <laughs> yes, grizzly bears. Notoriously teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think would... Do you think you could beat a bear? How old's the bear? Like, you know, your age. My age, so so a fully grown adult bear, yeah. a twenty eight year old bear, physical like I might not be in my physical prime, but the time one might expect to be in their physical prime, bear. How old do you? I don't know how long bears live, so it could be a really old bear. I now need to Google age of bear, like bear life expectancy. Bear life expectancy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say the average bear lives thirty five to forty years. 25 years. Live okay, so, so wait, so I'm fighting a dead bear. No, no, Definitely, no, no. I can take a dead bear. <laughs> I'll fucking destroy a dead bear, I'll tell you now. Oh, dear. Uh, what is the uh, largest animal you think you could uh, you could take on? Um, do, Just with my bare hands. Either your bare hands or your bare hands, yeah, if you yeah, wish. Of course. Ooh, 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 rogue. Uh, look. After you've I defeated can, the dead bear, you can take a I can definitely kill a dolphin. Okay. You know, 
I mean, they're smart though. You don't think it could uh, could out tactic you? It could just could, yeah. Well, he could just stay in the water. Yeah. That's quite. <laughs> You've chosen an, a very bad home field advantage for the dolphin. Uh, no, 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 I'm playing the dolphin on land, okay? Uh, uh, well, a, a blue whale on land. Okay. I will face a uh, giant squid on land. Okay. This is how I get my way across. Okay. Uh, or conversely, can I go the other way and find an elephant in the sea? And, uh, <laughs> well, I've got to be honest, I think weight alone, he could just kind of pin you down a little bit. Uh, so he might have an advantage uh, even in... I've seen I've seen elephants swim. I've never seen but you swim. I Actually, think, have I seen you swim? I, I think I could swim for longer than an elephant can. It's really big. That's me expending a lot of energy. And there aren't enough bananas to feed it in the ocean. This would be terrible. Dolphins eat bananas? No. Yeah. Don't they? I mean... That's a stereotype. Not like a racist stereotype. It's like a <laughs> racist stereotype, stereotype of like a, The normal stereotype. Um, I mean, sure. It seems a bit small. Do elephants eat... One second. There's a lot of Googling in this episode. Elephants... <laughs> Do elephants eat bananas? Are they just they, that? Just feels like a small fruit for them to eat. Is all I'm thinking. What am I thinking of? I, I don't know. know. One sec. Some, oh yeah. So, okay, you've got, one a, sec, you've got a video here. Just um, in Thailand, feeding so elephants food. Well, well, that's being that's being fed a banana at a zoo by yeah. a human. That does not mean that it's its natural, <laughs> you know. Uh, dietary requirements. Look, here are lots of photos of elephants just eating a bunch of bananas. Actually, you know what? That's fair. I, I hadn't considered that while banana, mm-hmm. small. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bunch Lots of, of bananas, bananas, big. So you may be right. Maybe maybe they just consume them in larger quantity. But I guess that could be said of anything then. Then true. an elephant could eat, you know, exclusively pomegranates. Just a shitload <laughs> shit of them. Um, we done? <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, Elvis Presley. Elvis is back. Elvis has not left the building quite yet. Um, so this is brand new movie out uh, last yep. couple of weeks. Um, obviously uh, a Baz Luhrmann movie. Now uh, that means very different things to you and me uh, because you, I believe, have seen and recently rewatched every single Baz Luhrmann movie. Correct? You know, Jamie, I promised you that when we started. We were like, watch <laughs> you said Elvis. you were going to rewatch. I, yeah, I was, was going to rewatch. I watched. I rewatched his first movie. I've seen. Uh, so I've seen Strictly Born, uh, the show from which uh, Strictly Come Dancing uh, is from. Uh, I've also seen uh, Moulin Rouge. I've mm-hmm. seen uh, Romeo and Juliet. I've seen. I am the Great Gatsby. There you go, the Great Gatsby. The, great... <laughs> uh, the only one I haven't seen, I believe, is Australia. Okay. Yep. Um, I have seen uh, precisely zero Baz Luhrmann movies, mm. uh, as you were quite uh, upset to learn. Yeah. Uh, as was my girlfriend, and she said, um, because uh, the the reason I discovered uh, this and that he's a particular director of a, a particular style. Um, is there was a, a video going around on Twitter of like a re- that that shot I believe from The Great Gatsby uh, mm. that is a really long zoom up on uh, Toby Maguire's face, yeah. um, and basically someone saying, "Look, if you like this shot, you'll probably fucking love Elvis." Uh, and I I didn't know what either of these things meant. I thought that was a shot from Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but my girlfriend was very upset and said, "No, you have to watch uh, Some of the Line." But I thought. I thought it'd be more interesting. We come it, in with a mm, with a complete yeah. Lerman virgin mm. um, and and a Lerman slut. Let's yeah. call you for I'm today. A, I'm a quasi Lerman completionist. I promise. Before the next episode, I will watch Australia, so I can give you the update after Australia. But Australia is the like three hour one with uh, Hugh Jackman, right? See, I think I've actually seen some of that movie. I think that's the only one I might have seen clips yeah. from, um, other than apparently The Great Gatsby. Now I'm learning. Um, so we are coming into this uh, with very distinct. Um, 
understandings uh, of this man's oeuvre, although as I understand, uh, you kind of know what you're in for when you get into Baz Luhrmann movies. So yeah. Alexander, could you introduce to our, uh, from your mm. you know, fantastic experience, what should an audience member expect from a Baz Luhrmann movie? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, do you like culture? Because uh, Baz Luhrmann likes culture, but Baz Luhrmann doesn't like your daddy's culture, all right? Baz Luhrmann understands that the stuff that your parents loved or stuff that old people loved works for them, and to present it to people nowadays, you have to do it so in a new context. So you've got Romeo and Juliet by way of MTV. You've got The Great Gatsby by the way of just cocaine. It's it's all a great time. It's a lot of, like, um, taking... Uh, not, not solely... But he's a uh, theatre director first and foremost. That's where he got his start off. There was a uh, stage version of Strictly Ballroom before it was turned into a, uh, a movie and then later on into a musical. Uh, but uh, with this, he takes this kind of like arch uh, theatrical style, a bit like a Joe Wright in a way, uh, although I think uh, Joe Wright, uh, the guy who directed Atonement, uh, although I think better, and kind of melds a uh, Brechtian theatrical fun sensibility with, uh, like, kinetic storytelling. Cool. So, you said there, you know, Romeo and Juliet by way of MTV. Uh, as far as I can tell, uh, not to spoil anything, but this is just Elvis Presley's life with, like, one or two rap songs in there every now and then. Yeah. That seems to be his modern interpretation is, I'm going to throw, like, one, one uh, either Nicki Minaj or Cardi B song, I wasn't sure which. Yes. Um, and that's about it. Uh, I think maybe Britney Spears appears once as well. I Britney Spears? Yes, yeah, so I believe Toxic, is it? Not not her herself, but I believe the song Toxic uh, is played at some point. I, I, I may have had a fever dream. Uh, could have been while I was actually just in the bathroom, they were playing it on the radio. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I heard Toxic. Maybe I didn't. I, I did, look, I, if, it, if it was there, it, uh, I didn't notice it. Again, I'm coming out this 20 minutes out of yeah. the cinema. So. And I also do believe Eminem uh, is the song over the credits, although we were leaving. Although As I, the credits were happening. Yes, as the credits were happening, uh, you get so uh, an Eminem song. You get a lot of... what By this, I mean, if you take this, there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of the Elvis songs in this are not the original mix. So it's not something like, for instance, Bohemian Rhapsody, where they just lip-sync to... Uh, Actually, I need to double check whether this is the case. But regardless of whether or not it's just lip syncing uh, to the originals, uh, it's I believe definitely not. A re- I believe Austin no, Butler is singing, singing in this movie and singing very well. It's also, I think, remixed versions of those songs in places. Yes. So they're not the original composition uh, precisely. Some of them, uh, you know, especially at the beginning, you get like a, a soul revival uh, mashed with kind of rock and roll style thing, and it's definitely, uh, I think, in a really good way. We'll probably get into this as we talk more about it. Uh, acknowledging the roots of rock and roll uh, yeah. and, and a very deliberate uh, way of doing so. So I think often it's kind of um, mashing uh, like Elvis with R&B and uh, some soul in there. And like, not Elvis also sings gospel. But um, so I, I, it's less, it's less, weirdly, it starts off more like a classic Berman movie. And then as it goes on, becomes more of a, normal biopic and I don't, there are parts which I prefer of that and parts which I don't prefer um, but yeah it's it's maybe more of a straightforward Lerman film than actually some of the some of his other ones mm. um, yes yeah, so you were mentioning that uh, it is mixed in with some of it sort of 
lives in a weird liminal space between a biopic and a uh, actual just documentary of Elvis's life because there is a lot of original footage sort of yeah. laced through along with original recordings and it's narrated the entire time kind of like it's a documentary sure. uh, except they got uh, the worst narrator you could ever I, fucking get. I don't think they use original footage until uh, the original footage until the end. Is that Unless, true? Yes. Uh, well, they, 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 crowd, do, they do very well on shots. making it seem like yeah. it's original footage. yeah. yeah. Um, I believe they use some crowd shots. They maybe use some crowd shots. Yes. Uh, from some but yeah, no, I don't think there's any original Elvis. Like, until the very end. Until the very end. Of which they, it just shows that uh, the performance is surprising. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, let's just dive into it. Um, the film begins no, as all films sec- should. I was going to say the cast for a second. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Elvis Presley, obviously played by some Butler, who's mentioned. Uh, Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker, his uh, long-standing uh, manager and manipulator. Uh, Olivia de George, uh, George, sorry, plays uh, Priscilla, Elvis's wife, um, and then we have uh, a bunch of other people that people may well recognise: uh, Helen Thompson, Richard Roxburgh, Kevin Harris Jr. plays BB uh, King, David Wenman, and then a bunch of other people. Cody that... Smith McPhee, who plays, uh, if you go up, sorry, I just want to check the character's name, Libidon. No, who uh, plays uh, Jimmy Rogers Snow? I believe was in uh, Power of the Dog. Uh, oh, okay, he's cool. the main character in Power of the Dog. Huh. I just assumed it was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch just the main character in that movie. Uh, I have not seen it yet. Um, so yes, Alexander, you may do your bit that you love to do. The film begins as all films should, with the WB logo just laced in rhinestones. All right, that's what I want from all logos. Give me more fun logos. We get the Baz Luhrmann logo. That's right, Jamie. This man has a logo for himself. All right? <laughs> I had, I think, a quote from uh, Moulin Rouge or the thing where it's, uh, you know, a life lived in fear is only half lived. It's all sexy. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle in. Take some, you know, an edible. Because you're in for a time. I would like to watch this movie on an edible. I didn't. That was a mistake. Um, well, you've also missed a key detail, which is this film begins, as all good films should, with Jamie in the bathroom because he timed his pee wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was a few seconds late yeah. uh, returning. Colonel um, Tom Parker's dying. That's right. The snowman himself. It's a Christmas movie, everybody. He's going <laughs> up. He's looking for his little Christmas card. It's got Elvis, but it's really about Colonel Tom Parker, the snowman. That's right. Does it explain the snow thing? I had to look at it afterwards. It doesn't. He falls down on the floor. Bam. Heart attack. Please stroke. stop clapping. I, I don't right know. Here. <laughs> He's in the hospital. In the hospital, we have flashbacks. Colonel Tom Parker financially abused Elvis Presley. It's a lie, says Colonel Tom Parker. I never abused uh, Elvis. Oh, the- Alexander, does he say it's a lie or does he go, it's a lie? Because, dear <laughs> listeners, we're into Tom Hanks doing an accent realm. Woo-hoo! Oh, you loved his vague Eastern European accent in the terminal. Well, now it's a definitely Dutch, definitely supposed to be Dutch accent through the whole movie. And if you thought Dutch people just spoke like they had a speech impediment, <laughs> I guess that means you're right. Uh, we'll get into Tom Hanks' performance throughout, but please, anytime we are talking about Tom Parker speaking, uh, imagine it is being slurred through his teeth and tongue mm. uh, like he's never taken an elocution lesson in his no. life. Uh, look, have you seen the film Goldmember? Uh, he's effectively gold- Tom Hanks playing Goldmember. Yeah. Uh, playing Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, that's very much it. Uh, I don't know enough about the real Colonel Tom Parker to so comment on, t- on the veracity of the accent. All I can say is in the movie it's Hogwild. Yes. Uh, but the film's going for Hogwild, so whatever. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker, he flashes back. He says, look, 
Once upon a time, there was a super cool guy called me. I was working <laughs> as a carny. It was a great thing. I was the best carny, but I thought there's more money out there. All right, you need the snow. And you need to have the best snow possible. You need to have a good sideshow. So how are you going to get a sideshow? you got to find a star. Uh, he you got to find, very specifically, someone that makes them feel things they don't think they should feel. Now, at the moment, he's talking about circuses. So that's a weird thing to refer to for circuses. But once we get into uh, Elvis, uh, it becomes very clear what he means. Well, so specifically in the, in the context of uh, early 20th century carnies, uh, he's talking about uh, freak shows. Uh, yeah. If you've seen the film Nightmare Alley, he's talking about geeks. There is actually, I think, a clip of like, you, it do, you don't see it on screen, but there's like a some shadow of a geek show going on uh, at the beginning. Uh, so it's a lot of, uh, you're going to starve a man uh, for several weeks, and then you're going to give him a live chicken, and the audience is going to pay money to see him eat the chicken alive. Uh, great time. Always good. And that's what he thinks Elvis is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, El the things Elvis makes you feel, it's the same way as when you see another human being. Well, but uh, Alexander, you are, of course, uh, skipping past our the best introduction to any character that's oh. ever existed. Uh, we've got, he's on a show with, uh, he's got already a, a musician uh, on his show, someone, Cash? Snow. John, John uh, not John Snow. Uh, we just had him up. His name was uh, uh, Hank Snow. Hank Snow. Hank Snow. Um, and he's a classic, traditional country singer, mm. uh, and his son uh, is also out there. He's um, opening for them, I believe. Uh, and meanwhile, he's gone into town and he's got a record, uh, and it's it's the hot new kid on town. Apparently, he's being played everywhere, and they play him, and they're like, "Wow, this is great! This is so good!" Uh, and the the son is like, "You should you should get him on. You should get him to open." And uh, Colonel Tom Parker he's like come on come on we know our audience they're not gonna listen to a coloured singer their words not mine thank yeah, you very is, much there are like, going to be is... a few words throughout this that are perhaps uh, not used anymore so I'm going to use the more appropriate words from now on yeah. but I want to make it very clear that throughout uh, yeah. Colonel Tom Parker is using very inappropriate language yeah. um, to which the son just responds that's the thing He's white. <laughs> and then Tom Parker, in shock, goes, He's white? And everyone is <laughs> taken aback by this white man who kind of sings like a black man. They start quoting it, uh, I, I think they say he's white yeah, about like, five, like, times. five times. Hence why we quoted it at the beginning of the show. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, don't use that language. Anyway, uh, he then, uh, I think we then cut across to Elvis's backstory. Yeah. Uh, Elvis loves comic books. Uh, yeah. Elvis's dad went to jail when he was a kid, and Elvis and his mum had to go live in a uh, rural black community in Louisiana, uh, basically living in poverty uh, at the time. Uh, he wanted to basically be able to have enough money. They set up his want. He wants to have enough money so that neither his mum nor dad ever has to uh, worry about money again, and his dad never has to go back to jail. Yes, because I believe very specifically he was stealing or something like he was committing crime in order to mm. like get enough money to, to serve his family. So Elvis wants to meet, uh, make sure he doesn't have to do that anymore. And he also particularly likes uh, Captain Marvel Jr. Apparently, yes. Uh, uh, I didn't know Captain Marvel Jr. exists, but good for so, him. So, Can uh, explain uh, the capes later. 
later in life. So, uh, very specifically, Jamie, as of course you know, having watched all the DC movies, as you told me earlier today, Captain Marvel actually, uh, in this context, refers specifically to uh, Shazam, uh, as we now refer to them. Ah. Uh, it's Billy Braxton as the uh, kids who were the powers to when he says Shazam to turn into, uh, it was then Captain Marvel. Uh, this is based off a bunch of weird copyright stuff where I believe... Uh, they then get sued by Marvel for the name Captain Marvel. They then continue to use the name. However, so DC continues to use the character Shazam. It's yeah. deeply confusing, uh, but that's there yeah. and hilarious. And so with his once set up, we basically are then going to consistently cut between Elvis as a child and the first night that Tom Parker sees Elvis performing. Mm. So we're going to try and sort of jump back between those. We may not tell in the exact right order, but... Tom Barker, he's come down, he's uh, wanting to see her. Uh, Elvis, Elvis is out back, he's feeling a little bit nervous, a little bit sick, and all of his family and, and, and his band are there, and they're trying to uh, G him up by yeah. singing a song from his childhood. Now, as we've already established, he grew up in a black neighborhood, yeah. so that is why all of Elvis's musical uh, influences are from uh, early soul and African-American music. And we see clips of him going and sneaking and watching uh, uh, a guy who's just playing guitar in a shed for two people who are sexy dancing. Yeah. I don't quite know why that's happening. Jamie, uh, sexy is back, all right? We, it's long been prophesied that there's not enough sex in movies, all right? Because yeah. the Marvel movies, they don't like sex, okay? They're made by the Disney Corporation. They do not like anyone having uh, any form of intercourse. Uh, but recently, it, uh, you were talking about a film about this. I, I can't remember which one. Uh, Belfast. 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 Uh, short aside, uh, anyone who's seen Belfast, I hope you agree with me. It is deeply weird that Kenneth Branagh uh, cast the two sexiest people you've ever seen to play his own parents and then directly directs a scene of them dancing at a wedding that is the sexiest scene I have ever seen on screen. And it's deeply weird that he's doing uh, that about his own parents. Kenneth Branagh also, uh, in the same year, uh, directs uh, Death in the Nile, uh, in which... Uh, Army Hammer and uh, Gal Gadot just dry hump on the floor uh, <laughs> in a dance club. It's uh, steamy. It, it seems the... Kenneth Banner needs to get some stuff out yeah. of the system. I hope, by God, he's done it. And Baz Luhrmann, <laughs> uh, of course, following up from that, and just people in hot Louisiana just grinding on each other. Yeah. But across from the shack, where what is apparently a uh, blues or early uh, blues R&B or early rock uh, legend. Uh, is playing, apologies for not knowing his name. Uh, across, uh, on the other side is a soul revival uh, tent. It's a kind of Baptist uh, a revival. Uh, sermon is going on. Yeah. They're all singing. They're all dancing. And, and we, Jamie, get, we get my second... They've got the shakes. Yeah, they've all got the shakes. And my second favourite line in the movie after he's white happens in this moment because young uh, young Elvis, he's running over there. He's being chased by his friends. They're like, Elvis, come back. He's like, no, I can hear the music. I've got to go. And he's coming through the crowd and he's, he's starting to shake as well. And then... <laughs> He starts to get pulled back by one of his friends and the priest grabs him by the arm and say, no, leave him. He's with the spirits now. And so we get a big build up. And I'm making fun of it. It actually works very well. Yeah. Um, of uh, clearly yeah. Elvis's first real visceral experience with music cut interspersed, building up to his the first time we see perform him performing live and by proxy Colonel Tom Parker sees him performing live. And we build up and he's a little bit shaky because he's nervous. So he's shaking his leg and he starts singing. I can't remember what he's singing at the time. One of the Elvis songs, you know, he's going like this now, <laughs> singing it all the time. I only know one Elvis song apparently. Um, but he's, his, his leg's shaking and some of the girls in the audience, they see that leg shaking and they're like, ooh, 
I like this. And so he he's they start hooting and hollering. And so he goes back to his band members and they're like he's like, Hey, what's going on? Why are they why are they cheering like that? And uh, they go, Hey, they they like what you're doing with your leg. Do it more. And so we start to get a little bit more of that. Elvis shaking around, he's he's quivering in the legs, and boy howdy, Alexander, we learn what the message of this movie really about is that Elvis makes people horny as fuck. That is what Tom Parker has been looking oh, for. Yeah. All these ladies, they're, they're shaking in the audience too. They're starting to yelp. They're starting to scream. And we get a very creepy scene. Slow motion. Like, it's slow motion. Up. There's a girl who just goes, Aah! and then we cut to a voiceover of Tom Hanks going, that's what I want they like it but they don't like it it's not this accent this is Transylvanian I apologize it makes them feel things they don't want to feel and uh, we start to develop um, a weird relationship between Elvis uh, and his mum because uh, she starts to pull some of these girls away they're worried uh, that these girls want to hurt him in some way. Uh, and I believe his father at that time goes, I don't think they want to hurt him. I think they want to. And then we get a nice quick cutaway. Yeah. Nice funny joke. Uh, anyway, his, first, his uh, first gig goes really well. Yeah, I want to throw <laughs> These people horny as shit. Up until now, we're in very Lerman-y, Lerman style. This is all very uh, good stuff. And I, I love the shooting of these sequences. Oh yeah, they are. They are shot fantastically. It sells you on like the sex appeal of Elvis. Butler is uh, can dance really well. Um, which is fantastic. But uh, we then cut to uh, Elvis back home. Elvis basically says, this guy, Colonel Tom Parker, he's offered me uh, you know, uh, to come on their tour uh, for the Hank uh, Snow Show. Uh, you know, four stops in Florida. Uh, the dad goes, well, look, you know, I had a friend who got to, had a song on the radio once, uh, but it just went away like nothing. He goes, yeah, but if it's going to go away like nothing, then i got to take the opportunity now. His mum does not want him to go. No. His mum basically says, look, you know, I don't... I saw how those girls were reacting to you, and I'm worried they're going to get in between me and you. Now, if you thought that, you know, young girls wanting to fuck your son would be a weird thing to think is tearing you or your son away from you, I would agree. They never really seem to indulge in this plot line again, but it's a very weird introduction to the relationship between Elvis and his mum. I mean, you know, Jamie, I don't have a child, but I imagine it's pretty uncomfortable if everyone wants to fuck them. Uh, you know, <laughs> that you have to think about that. that that's probably deeply uncomfortable. Um, Elvis goes on uh, tour, and the tour life is you know, slowly creeping up his, his way up the uh, set list. Uh, in terms of how important he is. So it goes from being, you know, the Hank Snow Show and bottom building is Elvis and every place they go, the audience is going nuts. People are throwing their underwear on stage and Elvis is becoming more and more important. Colonel Tom Parker understands that clearly Elvis is becoming the main attraction uh, to the draw. Uh, Hank Snow basically says, look, you need to get them, uh, you need to get him off. Uh, These ladies are getting, this guy is writing checks that I cannot cash. He is opening for me. Everyone is really horny and I don't play that kind of music. Um, But we are also leaning into what will um, eventually become a a theme of the early Elvis career uh, that we see, which is 
This is inappropriate. This isn't wholesome good fun for all the family. And as we all know, Alexander, women aren't allowed to be horny. No. It's not well, allowed. I want to throw it out. I, I, I thought a nice touch. They did also have some young boys who were also sexually... Yes, no, yep, I absolutely. I young boys, I just mean uh, young, young people. Uh, young guys who were sexually interested in uh, him too. Sorry, I said young boys and sound like five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> which, which is not. But no, it's... it's. Uh, I think they actually have a scene where, like, at a, you know, at a segregationist uh, 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 senator's house, uh, all his kids are watching it, including uh, what it appears to be his son. His son's really into it. Uh, and the dad's like, no, that guy, he's he's dancing uh, like he's black. Yeah. And we don't like that. No. Um, um, so before the... Um, basically, the political clamps come down on uh, Elvis... We just see Colonel Tom Parker taking control of Elvis's whole career. Uh, that happens by a couple of things. Uh, he takes him onto a, um, a Ferris wheel for some reason. Um, after Snow threatens to kick him off, uh, says he has to go. He goes, look, Elvis, that guy wants you off the tour. Cool. I'm going to leave as well because I'm going to come with you. But I need sole control of your career so that I can take your places. He's currently uh, signed with Suntime Records. Sunshine. Sunshine Records, the people who... Uh, discovered him and he's like look we're gonna get you international claim we're gonna get you national releases but we need to sign with a bigger agency so cba i believe cba uh cbs rca 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 that sounds better um rca buys him out um and so he starts to get more national claim whereupon he is uh, seen by a uh, local senator who says yes this uh Lovely young gentleman who is white is uh, dancing too much like a black man, and that is not good. So we're going to have to ask him to tone down his performances. No, no, Jamie, Jamie, he doesn't stress that. He calls for cancelling Elvis. Yes. <laughs> okay? The paper headline is, Elvis, should we cancel him? Uh, I, I think this is going to age poorly uh, in 20 years' time when people look back and think, oh, that's a... That's uh, very much a mid-2000s, mid-2020s uh, turn of phrase there. Yeah. Uh, at this point, uh, Elvis basically goes on a TV show twice. First time around, does the Atlanta Elvis stuff. Uh, next night, he's meant to come back on. Uh, but they uh, get told, look, at Elvis, you got to wear a uh, butler suit uh, and sing Hound Dog again. Uh, but, you but, got, but you can't move your leg. Can't dance. No moving your leg. We're, it's going to be the new Elvis. Yeah. And Tom Parker sells him on this. It's like, look, we need to, you know, we need to make sure we can remain on TV. So we're going to do this. We're going to be the new Elvis. It's going to be fine. It's the new Elvis. People don't really like the new Elvis. So a bunch of ladies are like outside his house saying, bring the old Elvis back. And they all, that, which is like, you know, it's weird to go out in public and basically brandish, I want to be horny again. Yeah. <laughs> Make me horny again. <laughs> um, but so he starts to question. He's like, look, I, th this isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. I'm not this kind of kid. Um, uh, and Tom Margaret's like, look, we do it one more time. We've got like a charity gig in a stadium. We're going to do it. We're going to be the family fun. And then we're going to go back out on the road. You can be all as horny as you like. But we got to play the game a little bit here. Elvis doesn't like this. He uh, drives out away from his house, which seems to always have like 50 people in it for some reason. They just seem to be people driving around. He's bought his family a new house, but there's just like a bunch of people like doing drag races in the front yard and shit. I forgot to ask, Jamie, how much do you know about Elvis? Uh, how much do I know about Elvis? Uh, I mean, now more than yeah, I did. How much did you know about Elvis before? You know, I knew, I knew Hound Dog, clearly. We know that. Yep. You got that one down. Um, 
I know, famously, poten famously potentially died on the toilet. Yeah. Um, played in Vegas a lot, got fat as he got mm -hmm. older. Uh, and I believe just pissed away all his money. Like constantly was spending his money, whether it was, I, I, maybe there's like, maybe maybe what you're going to tell me is he was famously generous person who was giving oh. away his money to all his friends. No, 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 no not even. Uh, the house is Graceland. Uh, it gets mentioned a couple of times in the film. Not sure if you've heard of it before, but nope. Graceland is a uh, very famous uh, site. Uh, to this day, kind of visiting Graceland is a pilgrimage type thing for a lot of uh, Elvis fans. So, cool. uh, yeah, just wanted to throw it what out. What does that, that have to do with him having fifty people? Just oh, because it's at Graceland. It, that, that, you're referring to that, like he buys the house. He buys Graceland. Okay, it's, it's an important Elvis. Uh, that, that's what you mean. You wanted to clarify for the audience that the house he bought. You know what? I felt like that wasn't needing to clarify. If you knew what Elvis's house was when I said he bought a house, you knew what I was referring to. I was throwing it out there. Now you know, Jamie. Okay, now, now know. I know. Uh, Grace Lance mentioned like, a lot of songs. Um, and so he goes back to um, uh, his roots. He goes back to Beale Street, I believe is what it's called. Yes. Uh, which is uh, where a lot of the uh, music of uh, his youth was being played. He meets B.B. King there, who I believe he already knew. Yeah, um, he knows B.B. King already. Yeah. Uh, and he's there, uh, surrounded by African Americans playing African American music. And he's like, this is, this is it. This is where I belong. And B.B. King is like... Look, man, this isn't you. What the fuck is going on? Look, we know you're not, you're not going to get arrested. You're white. Like, there's got to be something else going on here why Tom uh, Parker doesn't want it. And so Elvis comes away a little bit more G'd up. Uh, I should say in this part, there's loads of great uh, musical scenes. Yeah. One thing that this um, movie does really well is not shy away from and very explicitly shine a light on the influences uh, yeah. of Elvis's music. Obviously, it, it would feel weird to think of a way you could tell this story without doing that. But, you know, one could also say it'd feel weird to watch a story about Queen and not really talk about Freddie Mercury being gay. But they managed to do that. So it is the, the mildest compliment that they do really shine a light on yeah, uh, the um, the musical roots they, of Elvis's music. I feel they don't fuck up in that sense. No, like, exactly. It's, it's not a, uh, you know, like... I, I think it maybe gets over-criticized for this, but it's not Back to the Future being like, hey, listen to this. Yes. Somebody <laughs> be flying and missing rock and roll. They're not like, actually, Elvis inspired B.B. King. Yeah. It's, it's there, not that. There's not a scene where Tom Parker is actually writing all of Elvis's songs. Um, so he goes to this concert, uh, and he's in the car. Oh, oh there's some... There's some rustling up in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Gus. Nothing has happened. There is no reason for these dogs to be doing this. They just kind of do this sometimes. Touch. Um, Al has the magic hand. He has managed to quiet the dogs. So, um, Elvis is on the way, and Tom, again, is just like, look, just do it. Be the older, be the new Elvis. Just one more night, then we'll be fine. Uh, and he goes up, and he starts talking, and he goes, there's been a lot to talk about the... Shut the fuck up, Penny. <laughs> uh, that's not Penny, that's Gus, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm high on so many pills, I forgot what the animals' names are. Uh, he's, uh, there's been a lot to talk about the new Elvis, but uh, someone once told me that uh, you gotta sing what you believe in. And so he holds up his finger. He's been told he can't even waggle a finger, and so he starts waggling it. And he goes, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And his, his knee starts to shake a little bit. And some, some ladies are going, oh, is he going to do it? Oh, am I going to get to be horny again? And so he goes and he explodes. He does the sexiest performance he's done so far. In fact, it's so riled up, he gets carried off stage by the police. The police are carrying him out going, look, you're causing too much of a scene. 
At the same time, this is interspersed with uh, the governor of whatever state they're in, the governor we saw earlier, um, giving a uh, speech like three miles down the road all about segregation. Uh, so, you know, it's ni nice, comfortable juxtaposition there. Uh, and so he gets taken away and he gets arrested. And uh, the state basically offers him two choices. Jail or the army. Now, some might say, what's the difference, eh, Al? I appreciate how much you try to sell me that joke. You're like, I think, I think this is a setup and a punchline, and you went for it, and I appreciate that. Look, if you get um, a noise afterwards, it makes it sound more like a joke. <laughs> um, I, I don't really go for uh, actual funny things. I just say things in the cadence and rhythm of humour yeah. and hope that one of it lands. Oh, that's the entire podcast. Yeah. Really. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's offered uh, Gerald the draft. He chooses the draft. Uh, Tom Parker's like, ah, I'll be fine. Two years, you come out, we'll sell you as, well, I'll put you in movies, right? Like, everyone loves you, we'll put you in movies, you'll be fine. And we'll be over all this. His mum, though, uh, turns to drink while he's off and uh, passes away. I think falls on says and passes away. Uh, Elvis comes back temporarily. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker promises Elvis that he will look after Elvis uh, for, you know, the rest of his life. Uh, Elvis goes off to, um, in a bit of a weird, I don't know how I feel about this, Diet the the narration here. Uh, Kevin Tom Parker's like, but there's one thing I couldn't have realized love. And uh, Elvis uh, meets Priscilla while in Germany. He's got a station across Yeah, now, uh, Al, does the movie mention at all how old Priscilla is at this time? 10 years younger than. Yeah, um, and how old's he? He's like 24. Yeah, he's 24 at the time. They, they kind of mention that he's, he's 10 years younger, but they don't really mention how old he is. Uh, yeah, fun facts about Elvis Presley, everyone. I guess you know <laughs> the 1950s. Yeah, and I, maybe I guess maybe the uh, the Elvis family signed off on this, so yeah. uh, they wouldn't allow that uh, little fact to sneak in there. I mean, it's like they, they do explicitly say in the film, "You're 10 years younger than me," so like it's not you know I'm not I'm not saying it's not bad. It is it is bad. Like yes. They, they try to skirt around it, although I will give them credit. They do. But, yeah, they, 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 they allude it's, to it. It's, they don't have a scene where someone's like, dude, she's 40. <laughs> they, they, they don't have a scene where they pull out both their birth certificates yeah, and start doing the math. 1977 minus 1940. I mean, I make fun of that, but uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, which especially has that scene where he's like, show me your ID yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so he hooks up with Priscilla there. Uh, they come back two years later. So she's 16 at this time. Woo! They're not married yet. Yeah, Jamie, okay? And, you know, they're having a... Comp she says, we're just upstairs reading books. I didn't actually realise what the point of that was, but then you just like, we listen to music upstairs. No sex. No sex. No, no sex. No, no, no. Just reading books. No, reading books. Because of course, she has homework to do. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, this he's back in America now, uh, and Tom Barker has him on the Hollywood train, baby. He's gonna be a big movie star, just like he always wanted to be. Sort of. He kind of alludes to it, but it's never really mentioned before this. Um, I think he says it once that he would like to be in movies. Like yeah. He says before he goes, like, uh, how many movies was Elvis in? This is what I want to know, because he was in a shit ton. Uh, 31, 31 movies. Fucking hell. And that was uh, over... Uh, so when's the earliest From months 69 the through to... Uh, 56 to 69 is 39 films. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's that's a lot of movies. Um, but as they sort of reference, uh, he's not not that good of an actor. 
director. So uh, they start to make uh, sort of concert tour films instead, which actually I think may count as some of those movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I, here's my thing. It's not even just concert tour. I think some of it's just crap, like crappier and crappier movies that do it faster and faster. The film actually says actually he was quite a good actor. It's just people weren't interested in seeing him in not, so, films where he doesn't sing. Yeah. So they start basically making it cheaper. Like he loses attention. They start making it cheaper. Um, and faster so that's how they get up to 31 in just the space of 10 years less than 10 years yeah uh, which is absolutely insane uh, by the end they're like you're gonna do the, oh, we're gonna get you in TV we're gonna get you to do a Christmas special you're gonna sing Christmas songs wear a sweater are, th- are they thinking of they mention it elsewise explicitly. I think the Bing Cosby uh, kind of Christmas special so what they're yeah. taking as this sort of um, and so here's uh, preparing what is the first Christmas song that he sings because he sings it before we then see him recording. He's mm. released a Christmas song that I can't remember the name of. It's, it's not lonely. It's this not Christmas. lonely this Christmas. Um, anyway, he's released a Christmas song, um, and uh, you know he's starting to get a little bit of stick, and so he goes and meets um, just some dudes. There's some musicians who have played with like the Stones. No, I think they're, they're pro- not? I think they're promoters who basically set. The oh, Stones promoters who yeah. work with the Stones. So okay. I think they're either promoters or like tour managers or something that they're music producers. Yes, yeah. uh, uh, around this time. I, no, it's actually later. Not me. Um, uh, he's with those producers, uh, and there, and he's like, he's on the Hollywood sign. You know, every I always do my business meetings on the Hollywood sign, um, uh, and he's just like, hey, uh, be honest with me, how's my career going? And they just go, it's the bottom of the fucking barrel. And he's like, yeah, fucking is. Let's go, baby. Um, and so they're like, look, you need to go back to your roots. You need to, to reconnect with yourself. And so, uh, in what is supposed to be a recording of uh, a bunch of Christmas songs, he turns up, he's in a black leather suit, baby. Elvis is back. He don't wear no Christmas sweater. That shit ain't sexy. So he rocks up and he starts playing for a live uh, studio audience. He says he you know, hasn't played for a live audience for quite a while. Uh, so he's a little bit nervous, but... He soon gets back into it. He gets his rhythm going again. And uh, just the crowd are loving it. But who's not loving it, Alexander? Telecom Parker's not... Telecom uh, no. Parker. Colonel Tom Parker. You're starting Tom to sound Parker. like Colonel Tom it Parker. really hot Colonel in Vancouver. Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> it is really hot in Vancouver today. I made the choice to have a beer beforehand. Uh, I'm feeling loosey-goosey. Yeah, he hates it. He wants to sing the Christmas songs. The exec- They are specifically doing the Christmas special to with a co-partnership with a sewing machine. Yeah. Uh, the sewing machine executives are pissed. They want that Christmas song. What the hell is going on? Uh, the next day, basically, Parker says, look, you gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta do, just do the song, do the song, do the song. But... Robert Kennedy gets shot. Yeah, uh, we, there's, there's sort of we, before this at some point they also show MLK's um, assassination. Uh, assassination, to which I believe someone says at some point, "Ah, oh, MLK, he always knew what to say," <laughs> which is a hilarious line. Um, but yeah, there seems to be a running theme of political assassinations. Maybe they did affect Elvis quite deeply, but he really doesn't like. Um, it, he's real bummed about uh, the, the second Kennedy assassination. Um, and so he's like, w- w- we got to say something. And Tom Barker's like, you don't say anything. You're a musician. You dance, monkey dance. <laughs> um, and uh, so he has a little ruse set up, he Alexander. Does. The next day, 
Christmas is all going. They've, they've got the set up. They've got girls dressed as elves. Oh, it's all going to go okay. Tom, it, that, Tom, That's the Elvis song they were going to sing. It's simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That famous Elvis song. Um, uh, so it's all set up. But what's this? And suddenly the cameras turn around and he didn't notice the 30-foot blinding Elvis that was written on one of the walls. And he sings a song that is a protest song. I don't know the song. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I have it here. Uh, uh, I do not. I do not have it. He, he sings um, a he protest sings song. Um, and it goes uh, wild. The, the TV show... Uh, is an absolute hit, especially this protest yeah. song. Uh, throughout the movie, we're getting loads of shots of headlines and stuff. And so at this point, we're saying, Elvis is back, baby. Elvis sings protest song. Woo, let's go. Um, uh, Colonel Tom Barker, not happy. I think he's been brainwashed by hippies. Yeah. Um, or brainwashed by hippies, or however the fuck he would say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, uh, I'm go- this accent is going to become more and more parodied in my brain. Yeah. I've only been out of this movie for an hour, and he's already basically unintelligible to me. Um, uh, so. Uh, at this point, the, uh, the hippies, as we will call them, are like, look, dude, world talk. Okay? Parker was offered a million dollars for one, one night, night in Japan yeah. last year and he didn't take it for you. you got to ask yourself, why didn't he take it? Elvis is like, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. Anyway, World Tour sounds great. We're going to get a plane called the Lisa Marie. Named uh, after his daughter. daughter. Uh, they then, uh, he says, look, i got to go break up with uh, Tom Parker. I'll go do it in person. Uh, Tom Parker also at this time has a wee scene uh, where he meets up with, uh, I think it's Maya Cohn, uh, who is uh, the then a proprietor of the International uh, uh, the Casino. Uh, International in Hotel in Vegas, I believe. It may well also be a casino. Also but, be a casino. Um, um, it's just opened up. And the International Hotel, they're looking for a, for a draw, yeah. basically. They need their snowman. Uh, we've cut... We've read Vegas... We've mentioned this a few times and we may not have explained it. That's because the movie also doesn't really explain it. Mm-hmm. But Tom Parker just calls himself a snowman because uh, he... Brings in so snow refers to so money, I guess. So it's, or... it's a pun on showman, and basically because in like the, the snow is referred to as a con. Snow is slang for con. Okay. Um. So I thought the snow meant money, but cool. No. Um. Also, we t- <laughs> we have brushed over just while we're on the snowman bit. Um. One of my favorite bits, which is. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker claiming he invents the concept of merchandise, yes. um, uh, but he really invents the terms of mer- uh, purpose of merchandise because he's got mugs, he's got pins, he's got scarves, he's got everything with Elvis's face and Elvis's name. Uh, he even has "I love Elvis" and "I hate Elvis" badges, and he's like, "Look, I mean, if they're gonna hate us, well, we may as well make money off of them." And for some reason, both Elvis's dad and Elvis are like, "Wow, man." You're a genius, rather than wow, that kind of sucks. Um, but anyway, uh, it's a, a, a light into um, yeah. how much of a dick Colonel so Tom Parker is. Parker basically says, Look, international tours are really risky. What you want to do is you want to do six week residency here at the international. They basically say they'll pay for the entire setup of it, you will have no costs for the band or anything like that, and then you can use that money, use it as security yeah. for going on your world tour. Uh, and it is around this time that we learn a little bit more about why perhaps. Um, uh, Colonel Tom Parker is quite so desperate to keep Elvis around. Uh, he's being constantly uh, interviewed, I guess, or harassed by uh, the senator saying, look, you need to get your boy under control. But now that's the senator... A, that's a flashback. It is a flashback. Um, but now the senator is like, 
Look, we've looked into your background. Colonel Tom Parker never served in the military. In fact, we can't even find any documents about you before the age of 18. So it turns out he is from Holland. Uh, they give him his actual name. I can't remember what it is. Uh, he just kind of came over. Uh, he's completely undocumented. Therefore, doesn't have a passport. So a world tour would be a little bit difficult for him. On top of that, uh, he's got massive gambling debts. Yeah. Absolutely humongous. So that's the stuff with Maya is mentioning. Uh, Maya basically says, uh, look, if you can get Elvis to uh, be on the show for six weeks, and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we can start to clear off some of your debts. Yeah. Uh, Elvis agrees. Uh, they hire uh, a couple of other bands to be like the backing bands. So yeah, they've, they've, piece. yeah, they've got a whole 30-piece orchestra, got new costumes. He's really, really bigging up his sound. He said he, he's had some ideas for some big sounds because it's a massive stage um, uh, around this time so uh, he does that uh, it's a hit uh, everyone thinks it's brilliant uh, Parker's really happy uh, during the first show Maya and uh, not Maya sorry Cohen and uh, uh, Parker uh, have a conversation in which uh, Parker says look I reckon I can get him to stay uh, and they agree on uh, if they could stay for five years uh, that would be which I think basically is doing a six week residency every five yeah. years uh, they would pay them $5 million. Yes, yeah, a million every year. This is interspersed with Elvis playing uh, like a slowed down version of Suspicious Minds. Great scene. Really, really good. You've got Elvis dancing around in the background going, with Suspicious Minds. Meanwhile, they're making... Caught in a trap. You know, he just does caught in a trap. Yeah, he just keeps singing caught in, yeah, caught in a trap over and over again. again. Um, uh, it is also, I believe, around this time that... May not be my favourite line, but my favourite moment in the movie, which is when Elvis deep throats the microphone. Yes. He's just singing and he just goes, oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> just fucking deep throats the microphone. And I have looked it up. That's a real thing. That's not Austin Butler getting wild. That is a real shot of Elvis going, oh, Lord, baby. And then just deep throating a microphone. Uh, um, but so yeah, so five million. And then also, very keenly, um, Tom Parker is like, well, that's what my brother would take, but what about you gonna pay me? And so he writes on another napkin, um, all debts wiped out, uh, unlimited line of credit, as long as Elvis continues performing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically towards the end of the tour, uh, Elvis... Uh, end of the six weeks stay. Six weeks stay, sorry. Uh, there, you know, there are a couple of people who rushed onto the stage... Uh, who just don't have to be Peruvian fans. Yeah, uh, it's sort of unclear because um, obviously Tom Parker at this point is trying to make him not go on the tour. So he's constantly talking about security issues. Yeah. So is he causing some of these? Well, or is he just kind of hoping yeah, it I mean, gets the, wild? There are a lot of death threats. I think the death threats are slightly implied to come from Parker. Uh, the Elvison has to go into hospital uh, because of exhaustion. Uh, while at the hospital, I believe this is where he meets Dr. N it's not Dr. Nick, it's, it's something like Dr. Nick, yeah. um, who gives him a bunch of drugs to uh, as uppers to keep him up. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, we, there's a headline about Cheyenne Tate getting murdered. Parker says, look, if you got, these guys don't have the security handled for you overseas. All right, you know, four people just died at a Stones concert. These guys need to sort out what they uh, can do for you security-wise. While you're letting them sort it out, let's do a tour, 13, uh, 13 cities in 13 days, which is a great thing to suggest to people when they are uh, completely 
uh, exhausted and yeah. uh, in hospital for it. Elvis says, "Okay," and they go, "Then you, you know, some money in the bank, and then you go off and you do the tour." Yeah. And uh, instead, they stay in this loop uh, where they would once every year do the same thirteen cities. They would uh, then come back and uh, do the six weeks in uh, Vegas for the residency, but they never go on the world tour. No. And all this time, Elvis has been given more and more drugs. He's getting hooked on yeah. this stuff. Uh, they they like they slightly underplay the pill thing. I feel. I, I like, yeah, they, they like, maybe could have pushed it harder. They, I think, yeah. I think probably because the family was involved, they yeah. don't want to play it up too much. But yeah, they were it, like he was drinking, and he yeah, was. Yeah, they, they just but, said, he, but, but it makes it seem like oh no, no, he was he was just doing this so he could perform. Like he was just, yeah. and, it, and other people were giving them to him. Like, no, 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 but, that, but that was a thing. He was. Yeah. He oh yeah, was, no, no, I'm not. They I'm basically not, hooked him up on drugs to. I'm not denying control. that, but as far as I'm aware, he then just did have. A very well, severe yeah. drug and alcohol problem. Sure, but if um, you're like, if but it's similar to someone like uh, I think Judy Garland was also kept in office, but like it was a thing that happened yeah. in that era where like your managers would just get you hooked and then be your supplier. Yeah, and um, it's I think incredibly it, fucked up. I think it's then coming to me that the end of the fourth. I think it's the end of the fourth, fourth year. Uh, and at this he's point, rough, he's, he's looking rough. He's looking rough. He's slurring a lot. And at this point, he learns that Parker is a, is stateless. That the reason they've not gone on this world tour, and the fact that they were never going to go on a world tour, is because he didn't have a passport. And so he goes on stage. He's like they they vaguely alluded to this at this point, where you know he's not as good as he was. That people are reporting he's doing lots of slurring. He's getting a little bit fatter, etc. And so he goes out on stage, and he's a bit of a mess already. Um, is this pre or post him collapsing? This is this is literally no, that's the thing. So the scene goes. Yeah. He gets sold. Hey, Parker. But this is why Parker's fucking with you. He's doing this. He goes. No, that can't be true. Falls to the floor. Parker's like, we gotta go. Basically, so, just get him up and on yeah, stage. The, 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 yeah, that the scene that stage. we actually saw, we saw it at the beginning. We didn't mention it, but he's like, the only thing that matters is this boy gets up on stage. Uh, and then uh, the dad comes in. So and he's sure, like, well, yeah. I guess it's a Presley decision. And the dad's like. Well, Doctor, is there anything you can do? They've already, like, shoved his face in an ice bucket. He's looking rough as fuck on the floor. Uh, but Doctor, inject him with something. He manages to get up on stage. Um, he has his little sing-song. You know, like Elvis does, sings his little songs. Um, and meanwhile, Parker and uh, the owner of uh, the industrial, or whatever it's called, International, um, are there in the audience. Uh, and Parker starts jeering him up. He's like, "Look, he's gonna, he's gonna call for the lights yeah. now." And Elvis calls for the lights. Hey, he wants to see us. And Elvis says he wants to see us. He's gonna point out the important. And he's people. gonna point out the important people. Get ready for the spotlight. And he goes, "Oh well, of course we got Mister International himself here, uh, and we've also got my so-called manager, uh, Colonel Tom Parker. But I know you don't have a passport. You've been lying to me, Mr. Parker. Uh, you're fired. And he has a whole breakdown on stage while Tom Parker like runs yeah. back, tries to get the curtain down. Um, but he fires him live on stage. Well, while you're talking about uh, about well, honestly, is that a real thing I, that I, happened? I assume it's got to have happened, right? Um, also, importantly, by this point, uh, Priscilla has left him. Uh, Elvis says, look, uh, this is where we get the 10-year reference. Uh, I, I assume they felt they had to get it in somewhere. Elvis is like, look, you're, you still love me. When I'm 15, you're 40, we'll be back together. Um, and, you know, she says, look, I, I can't. You're, you're, you're being used. You're being kind of pushed like this. It's not, I don't care about that you're sleeping around with other women. 
uh, I care that you are. Which, by the way, clearly on. she doesn't because in the first, uh, the first ever show at the International, he comes up on stage and just walks through, just making out with everyone. everyone yeah. Walks past his own wife, makes out with a girl, then comes back, and afterwards she's fine with it. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. Um, Elvis did not fire Colonel Parker live on stage. He did go on a rant uh, in his about. final show about the hotel itself because they fired someone who worked in the kitchen that he liked. Um, and afterwards, Elvis and Colonel Parker had a loud argument and fired his manager. Okay, so so putting a load of stuff together. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Elvis then goes upstairs. He's like, cool, we're going to go to this world tour. World tour time, baby. Uh, all my fans in Europe. Uh, never been abroad uh, other than when I was in the service. Uh, and so Colonel Tom Parker meets with his uh, Elvis's dad and he's no, like... No, oh. he meets up with uh, a third character who's never named but I believe is like Elvis's accountant. Okay. Uh, not the yeah. dad really. Meets another guy and is just like, well, it's fine. Elvis Presley and Entertainment or whatever they're called, that's fine. We're going to separate from them. I just need to write an itemized list of how much they owe me and starts with like gas on the way to first gig 1955 $1.67 and so he's got a quite uh, exhaustive well, list he claims he owes about 8.9 million yeah. or something right like an absorbent amount of money especially considering he's been taking 50% of Elvis's earnings yeah. uh, for the last uh, however many years uh, he, he kind of talks to Elvis Elvis says nah fuck you I'm going uh, Elvis's dad comes uh, Elvis's dad Elvis is like well how the hell is it uh, do I owe him 8.9 million dollars uh, the dad goes, well, you were spending a lot of money. And I was like, well, you're my fucking business manager. What the shit, dude? Yeah. Uh, which is a fair defense, uh, yep. I think. Uh, at this point, he then uh, goes downstairs. Colonel Tom Parker shows up one last time to make a last edge and says, look, we're both lonely little boys. We're lonely little boys. And though everyone else is making money off you, sure, I made money off you, but you made money off me too. We're really yeah. good friends. We're, this is a symbiotic relationship. We're just best buds and we've just been lifting each other up this whole time. Yeah, this is we're healthy. good. We're good. It's healthy. It's not codependent. <laughs> Um, uh, Do you want some more drugs? And unfortunately, that does convince Elvis. Uh, and so he yeah. stays on with Parker and in his role calls as for the, manager. And calls for the doctor to come back up to give him his uh, uh, routine. Yeah. I do find it weird how this is clearly a thing that happens when you're famous, which is you have doctors on call and they will just give you prescription drugs. Yeah. Like, I, look, I'm not saying I like the guy, but, um, uh, you know, obviously that's what gets Michael Jackson in the end. Uh, yeah. is having a private doctor and stuff who will just overprescribe your medication. It's like, I, I, it's weird. Yeah. It's a weird system. Um, um, but so we're, we're coming basically on the rundown here. Uh, we see his last sort of few years of performance. He's degrading even more. He's putting on even more weight. Um, and I he appreciate... sees, he has a last conversation. Well, Priscilla leaves yeah. him, as you've said. Priscilla leaves him bef uh, before, that's before yeah. the voice. Um, um, but he meets her on an airfield for some reason. Yeah, he's gonna, basically he's about to fly off somewhere else, uh, probably for a show. She's picking up the kids uh, yeah. at the same time, so they're kind of meeting halfway to uh, He expresses his concern that, you know, well, he's uh, potentially going to be doing um, a, star is born. a Star is Born at this time with the Barbara Winter. Barbara Streisand, not Barbara Winter. Um, uh, and he's like, oh, look, I, baby, I never got to where I wanted to be. I'm worried that nobody's going to remember me. Uh, obviously, a little wink to the audience, because of course we remember him. That's why we're here. Um, and uh, so he uh, waves goodbye to Priscilla. Uh, and we basically cut to news reports of Elvis dead at 42. Uh, Tom Parker uh, says... 
uh, what, a, a questionable line, um, which is uh, a lot of people said that uh, you know, maybe it was maybe the drugs that killed him, or, or maybe maybe even I killed him. <laughs> Don't do Your accent, accent changes every time, and I so like does it. his. Um, uh, maybe even I killed him, but that's not true. I'm really, really messing with it now. Um, and instead goes, no, no, what really killed Elvis was love. Too much love from you. It's your fault. You uh, dear audience members who are loving him too much. That's what drove him to death. It definitely wasn't me and definitely wasn't the drugs that I gave him. It was love. But two weeks before he died, I saw him perform for the last time. And so we get... Um, well, we start getting off. It starts off with, with Butler, Austin Butler singing um, uh, "Unchained Melody." Oh yeah, oh. Well, um, and uh, he, and uh, Colonel Parker talks about how even in this last one where he was visibly really sweaty and just overweight and like someone's having to hold the microphone for him, he still gives it his all. And he does. He, he does. does. And then he cuts. While it's doing this, it cuts to clips of actual Elvis. Oh, uh, we're singing uh, th- this exact performance, and, and it is it, it is, is very good. That's the thing. If you ever look up any, there's a lot of video on YouTube of uh, his Vegas uh, residencies, and like he's still fucking magnetic yeah. the entire time. Like, yeah. Even though he's not he, the kid he once was. He does just have a amazing talent. I do like you saying the kid. He was forty, man. <laughs> like no, 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 he wasn't old. No, no, sure. What I mean was, but he's obviously yeah. not in know, the same like, physical, like 80, uh, physical fe- fitness. How old was he? Was he Twenty-four when he went to the army. Yeah. No, oh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, um, if he's eighteen, like that'd be still not great, but better. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, moving on from Elvis' inappropriate relationship with a fourteen-year-old. Yep. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's then, uh, and it's just usually clips of bits of the, you know, all the way through the movie. They've clearly like done these shot for shot bits. Where, yeah, and so you're seeing you see lots them, of original making clips out again. With all these girls. <laughs> yeah, you see the, the making out clip. Um, and basically, this is this this movie would love to say that what it's doing is actually just honouring Elvis. All it actually is doing is look how fucking good we did. Look how fucking great we did with the costumes. Look how good he is. Look how much similar he sings and looks. You, we fucking nailed this, you dickheads. And uh, it then uh, kind of wraps up. There's a little speech from President Carter who's talking about the impact of uh, Elvis. Uh, and uh, there's a little bit of text in the end saying that uh, after, his, after Elvis's death, Commandant Parker was uh, sued in civil courts uh, for financial abuse and uh, financial mismanagement. Uh, I think actually even as the film begins, they say that, you know, they mention how the 50% number is completely fucking insane. And uh, that's my thing. It's like 50% and then claiming that you are owed a bunch of money. Owed like $8 million. No, you're business. 50% is we're business partners in this venture. And uh, it's absolutely bloody nuts. Um, uh, And uh, it it ends on mentioning that Elvis was the greatest, and so is still to this day the greatest selling solo artist of all time. Yeah. Um, and that's the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Jamie, we're not in the Hathaway stash away here, so no. put away your fun six degrees of Tom Hanks. We can do it in one, all right? We don't <laughs> need six, okay? He's in the film. Uh, instead, uh, we review all of Tom Hanks' movies uh, based off four criteria. How good is this out of five? Uh, how good is Tom Hanks out of five? Uh, the, uh, it's not Tom Hanks, sweet Tom Hanks, Hanks dick meter. Tom Hanks dick meter was not, am I missing one? Am I missing a question? Uh, no, I think, your, I think your fourth one is 
the Hanks back. The Hank, yeah, it's, it's, the fourth one is a non-binary uh, <laughs> rating. Uh, sorry, it's a purely binary rating, not a non-binary. Uh, whether or not Wait, I have to, I have to make, give this a film out of they then. Yes. <laughs> one um, and zero. Um, wrong kind of binary, Jamie. <laughs> no wordplay on this show. It is too hot for wordplay. I'm so sweaty. So I'm, hot. I'm like you Elvis after I, 19 I've got to get another beer because I'm actually okay. melting, so I'm going to leave you a penny. Oh, right. No, don't give me a dog. That's going to make me even fucking warmer. This <laughs> thing like is so warm. Yes, I'd like a beer, please. I need to cool down. Um, so while Alexander is off to uh, the fridge, um, yeah, so this movie... I, I, I don't want to... I, I guess I have to talk loud so Al can hear what I'm saying about the movie. Um, it's very easy to say this because this is basically how all of these sort of um, musical biopics have been recently. But um, Austin Butler is everything that is good about this movie. Yeah. Like, he is fucking phenomenal in this movie yeah. it, it, like it, it, he should at least guaranteed be nominated, nominated for an Oscar yeah. if not win it depends on who he's up against but it is an absolute star making performance it is only enhanced by seeing the actual clips of Elvis at the end but look Elvis is a very unique performer for a reason the the magnetism that you mentioned the stage presence the movement and Austin Butler has it all down to a fucking T. Yeah. He's so electric whenever he's performing that you just wish there was more of him all the time. Yeah. Um, I think areas where this movie... Well, sort of... Let's park Colonel Tom Parker uh, as best as possible. It's difficult to talk about the movie without talking about uh, Colonel Tom Parker, but as best possible, let's save that for talking about Tom Hanks. Um, so outside of uh, Colonel Tom Parker, uh, my uh, main criticism would come with this is a film that is very interested with telling the beats of Elvis Presley's career. And thus, we don't get, get as much human element to the story. It's it's the movie feels like one like like one entire scene transition the entire time it's constantly like montages and scene transitions and and going from one place to the other and because it's going at a break it's somehow going at a breakneck pace is too long and also has too much stuff in it yeah. which those don't seem to make sense uh, like oh, oh sorry it's too long and also doesn't give enough detail yeah. like that doesn't seem to make sense so i contain multitudes shut up my criticisms right. can sometimes not make sense but you both don't get enough detail and also want it to be tighter yeah. um, would be my biggest main criticism. But yeah, so like there's like seven what I would call like normal film scenes in this entire movie. Now, maybe that's just a Baz Luhrmann thing, but it keeps it moving at such a pace that like when you hit the emotional moments, it's not as impactful as you'd yeah. like because... Like, you don't care about Priscilla, really, in this movie. No. So when she divorces him or when she shows concerns, you don't really care. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not... So I like this movie, but with a lot of... It's how I feel... Uh, I like this movie with a lot of caveats. Like, it is not my favourite Baz Luhrmann movie. I don't think it's the best best. Baz it's Luhrmann my favourite Baz Luhrmann movie. <laughs> Watch another Baz Luhrmann movie, dumbass. Right. Uh, no, you're very smart, don't worry. Uh, gotta boost your ego up. Super smart guy. Uh, yeah, look, it's, um, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to summarize this. It's, it starts off like a normal, the early stuff, the first, not even third, quarter of the film, is more traditionally Baz Luhrmann. Um, and it, it's very on a montage, it's very visually inventive. Uh, I love the sequence, uh, you know, where it's intercutting between uh, uh, Elvis as a kid and yeah. Elvis as, uh, you know, young adult. Uh, and him on stage, and just the, this kind of crowd reaction. And Lerman really gets you to understand what it must have felt like when you saw, when people saw Elvis the first time, like how yeah. kinetic that was. And he does really fantastic with that. And then as the, you know, it even introduces this framing device where, you know, Colonel Tom Parker, um, you know, narrates in the beginning and the end of the film. And I think my issues are when it's, it starts being more traditional biopic and less Lermany. Yeah. And that arch element of the framing device... Uh, goes away a bit. Um, so, in the middle of the movie, towards the end, like you're right, it is very fast paced. It is just doing, having the standard issue of all biopics, which is they are just racing through someone's life to get yeah. to all of the main points. Uh, you know, uh, definitely the worst example of this for me is Bohemian Rhapsody, a film I vehemently don't. I like one scene in the movie, the same scene everyone likes, and I dislike the rest of the movie a lot. I do not think Rami Malek gives a good performance except in that one scene. Um, whereas. In this, I think Austin Butler gives an amazing performance. Yeah. So good. But unfortunately, I never, as much as I'm like, this is technically amazing, I never was deeply emotionally invested in any of it. Not um, particularly, no. And it doesn't even have that long with any of the songs. We kind of get, you know, maybe half a song. Um, the best version of these films, I feel, is Rocket Man, the uh, Elton John biopic, which at least kind of frames itself as a musical fantasia. And, uh, you know, very much like the the song segments are inventive uh, they do the entire songs they are treated as like explorations of the characters in life whereas really for Elvis Elvis covers a lot of music he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't really do a lot of songs written by himself no. so you can't really say that a lot of the songs are deeply reflective of inner stuff of him even no. if they maybe are fitting for him so they they're, are, they're all, only expressions of his uh, upbringing yeah, and, and yes, his background yes and the way in which he fuses uh, African American yeah. music into his music, so you, which it does, no, no, which is uh, cover. Yeah, it does cover. But what it what it can't do because of that is be like, well, this is how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And they they have that with a couple of segments, obviously. Um, uh, Caught in a trap. Uh, yeah. Suspicious minds. Um, you know things like that. Like it does touch on that here and there. But it's not even the traditional music biopic in that it can use the songs to explore the emotional uh, inner life of the character. You know, the, uh, to be honest, the film says the emotional inner life of Elvis is pretty simple. It's he wanted to look after everyone in his life, and uh, he felt the only way to do that was with money. Yeah. Uh, and he sacrificed his happiness at every step of the way uh, until the point he was uh, hopelessly addicted to uh, drugs and was being abused by the person who abused him for yeah. his entire life. Which is a really sad story, which is why it's kind of weird that you're not that sad about it yeah, at the end. That's why I almost feel like a better frame for it would have... Well, it, I think the issue is there's so many of them now, like, there's so many tropes that, like, you don't just want to do walk the line. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, maybe the better framing device would have been, like, it's Elvis's last show before he dies, and then you cut back to other things in there. But that's kind of just, you know like Walk the Line or many of these other ones it's a difficult difficult genre to now so yeah. I think it's a really fun three uh, I like it I understand people liking it more I understand people liking it less there are bits of it I love we'll talk about Tom Hanks in a second <laughs> um, 
Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit uh, hotter on this. I, I, I think I would have um, sort of wavered around a sort of 3.5. But then, Alexander, you must remember that Austin Butler deep throats a microphone in this movie. Can you name another movie where Austin Butler or anyone deep throats a microphone? I can't. That's going to bump it up to a solid four for me. You know what? You're right. I made too mean. Four. Uh, (laughs) You you, you persuaded me. Uh, Um, The film's fun as shit. It's it's, really really fun. fun. Yeah, being non-facetious, it it is worth it to see it for Austin Butler's performance. It's really good Especially as someone who just... I died. I died. I was born 20 years after uh, Elvis died. Like, I don't have uh, as much of a reference point of his performance. So seeing that brought to light uh, through Austin Butler is a really, really cool experience. Yeah. Um, he, he, I, I do want to just to quickly touch on his performance and why I think it's so good. Um, again, I don't like Rami Malek's performance as Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I don't think it's particularly good not gay I, enough for me <laughs> no, yeah, like, I, I think it's good in one scene where he basically does a mechanical shot for shot of a thing and while I think that's like technically impressive that you could just mechanically do the exact same thing a person did I it it never I never got anything into the character yeah um, I still uh, whereas I like Rocket Man a lot more I cannot watch that not just think Tamsin Edgerton who I like it's just they're both like leading actor kind of guys they're not yeah character actor imbued in it this guy seems to be possessed by Elvis yes it's ridiculous it's nuts and also what he does really well is there's a very it's not just the standard like that his hair gets greyer as it goes through uh, as he gets older like he is looks more worn down as it goes he has masterful control of his voice he's not doing the same singing voice when he's young when he's older which is nuts like it does it sounds like Hurt like he yeah, the, the, gives a very naturalistic, amazing performance. The fact that at the very end of this, this is the biggest compliment you can get. The very end of this movie, they are essentially doing a shot-for-shot recreation of Elvis's last uh, concert, and the fact that you can't really tell, oh, I, I, yeah. other than the fact that the I quality of the the quality of the image has got slightly worse, you can't really tell that it is switched to the real Elvis, no. which is bonkers. And it's not even just, like, the makeup of the prosthetics. It, it is just, like... You know, because, like, when he's younger, he looks like Elvis, but it's not, like... It's not Gary Oldman in 80 layers of prosthetics kind yeah. of thing. It is just a... One, the, I think the voice is the most impressive yeah. thing. He's clearly done so much work on yeah. this. And then just the way... You know, I haven't studied that much stuff, but, but yeah, and I, I really love Elvis's music. I do love Elvis's music. I play a lot. Although I'm not like someone who's watched everything Elvis has been in or every documentary about him. But it is incredibly impressive, that performance. Yeah. Now, speaking of another incredibly impressive <laughs> performance, Tom Hanks. I fucking love Tom Hanks in this movie. Oh, dear. Alexander. I love uh, him in it. This might be the worst Tom Hanks no. performance I've ever seen. Might be the best. Uh, <laughs> might be the best Tom Hanks performance. I, I don't... I don't want to... <laughs> I think the nicest thing I can say about this performance is it makes sense that he got COVID halfway through it. If I'm being as generous as possible, uh, a lot of what brings this performance down is perhaps the use of this character through the movie. Yeah. I don't think it's a very... I don't think it's a particularly good or interesting framing device. I don't think, like, why you would take, like, ignoring the fact that 
it's just a really bad accent. It's not good. It's I've 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 not heard this person talk. But you know what? If this is how this person talks, don't make a movie about him. Um, but it's not a good accent. But why would you take someone who is you know doing like a quite grating voice and be like, this should be our narrator. This should be the person who talks most and talks to the audience. That's just a wild choice. He's not a particularly likable character, but he's not like villainous enough to be engaging. The The fact that I have to sit through this movie and watch Austin Butler just fucking demolishing the scenery and then cutting back to a garbling Tom Hanks. Jamie, I have to stop you there. You talk about Austin Butler demolishing the scenery and you you sit there, Jamie, and understand a thing called recycling. Tom Hanks is out there eating the crappy remains on the floor. He's like, ooh, look at this, the the Vegas garbage. I'm eating garbage. I'm a little garbage monster. It is Tom Hanks, one of his best performances. And here's why. Anyone who is a bigger fan of Lerman stuff you're coming in this as a Tom Hanks person. And it is the but, weirdest performance he's ever given. But Tom Hanks has done lots of performances like this. Like, The Terminal, he does a weird accent in that. I it's really like it. Terminal. Um, the, uh, what's that uh, weird Victorian murder mystery one he does? Uh, uh, the one where he chuck, they chuck him in the river and they're trying to plan the heist. Oh, no, no, you're thinking The Lady Killers. It's not, the Victorian. Lady Killers. It's not Victorian, but... Uh, Wait, you, yeah, you knew what vibe I was going for. Uh, the Lady Killers. Again, he's doing a really weird character in that. Better than that. Um, I'm much better than the Lady Killers. But in the Lady Killers, it is on brand and thematic for the rest of the movie. But, in this, you've got a really grounded, fucking no, heartfelt performance I, of Elvis Presley. I, I, I think there are three things. One, I reckon there's probably more Tom Parker stuff and it got cut because of, co- because of Tom Hanks and COVID. I think... Uh, oh, no. The, You're saying there was more Tom Parker? Uh, the, How dare I miss that? Specifically, like... I think this film feels there are bits of it which are very clearly uh, the shooting was like influenced by COVID. Like, yeah, there's I, some there's like, some quite badly odd bits. Yeah, and there's <laughs> some dodgy green screen here and there. And like, I I feel like a lot of this got. We. <laughs> I'd be interested. I, I would be interested to see the version where there was no COVID in the making of it. But despite any of that. I, I love this performance because oh, it's the most it is the most Baz Luhrmann one. Austin Butler is not giving a Baz Luhrmann performance, whereas Tom Hanks understands the assignment. Uh, I'm you know what I'm going back. I'm giving the film a five. You know what it takes up <laughs> from a four to five. Tom Hanks. I have talked my way up in this. I am uh, so red right now. We didn't. We haven't even talked about the weird. Uh, interstellar multiverse shots that we get of Tom Hanks yeah. that are like him like old as shit walking through a blurry casino yeah. for some reason. Oh no, but it's blurry because I think they wanted to shoot a real casino and COVID. <laughs> I know, but it looks so bad. Tom Hanks is saving cinema. <laughs> it's this and Top Gun Maverick, alright? These are the only things left in the line between us and the Marvel movies, okay? And I'm here for it. Tom Hanks, never make a Marvel movie. Keep on making this shit. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm so red in the face. Glad this glad we're not actually Twitch streaming this. Um <laughs> So we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Yeah. Tom Hanks wants another Oscar. He clearly yeah. Desperate for another Oscar. And it. so he keeps going about it in two ways. There's two ways he goes about it. He either is in 
like a weird like isolated movie where it's basically just him and maybe one or two other actors mm. i'm talking your finches i'm talking your news of the world i'm talking that uh, weird military submarine one he did greyhound those are yeah. so he where he's gunning for main role there's basically no one else to distract from my performance in this movie or he's going for I'm the big draw of this yeah, movie, yeah, but, no, but I'm late. not the main role. Yeah. And he's gunning for the supporting actor. That's obviously this, and then Once Upon a, a Time in the Neighborhood. And in this, I don't know why he thought this might get him. Like, maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't. But like, in, from my perspective, perce- uh, perception, he's going for awards. That's what he wants now. He's, he got his two in the 90s. He was a young boy. He thought, great, I'm going to win nine more of these. And then he didn't win any for two decades. And he's getting a bit antsy. He's getting a bit horny like the Elvis uh, fans. And he's gagging for another award. And I have no clue what he thought in this performance was going to get him a nomination. Because he's not going to sniff a nomination. I don't know if I think that's true. I'm going to go back through some of the last ones. If just because I know uh, Baslam himself has only ever, been ever nominated for one Oscar... Uh, which was well, back in the Moonland Rouge. I don't think for um, uh, the, the, the Great Gatsby there were any nominations. I I think it's I genuinely think it might be the case that knowing Tom Hanks, as his, we do intimately, yeah, of course, and a lot of his more recent work, Tom Hanks obviously likes Oscars, and I agree he wants an Oscar. Yeah, um, I think some of those one-person movie roles aren't necessarily Oscar grabs. I think that's Playtone stuff. I think it's like he's. I think it's. Films he's producing and wants to get made, so he shows up in them because, uh, partly because of that. I want to see if this got any nominations. Sorry, this is Greg Gatsby. Um, but, you know, like, Basil movies, as much as I like, they're a little bit like uh, Wes Anderson films. Uh, they're actually, they're a lot like Wes Anderson films, and they are often a couple, uh, they're often a couple, like, degrees shy of mainstream Hollywood, despite the fact that they make films. So, for example, Greg Gatsby made. 353 million, uh, which would be you know decent success. Uh, I think this has made its money back, which is and uh, then some, which is great. Uh, I believe uh, at the 86th Academy Awards, uh, Greg Gatsby wins um, set design, production design, but similar to, similar to uh, Wes Anderson films, not necessarily winning uh, a bunch of Oscars. I don't think anyone's won an Oscar for being in a, uh, in one of his films. They are. It is more just like the same reason why I think people are in. Uh, I think they one enjoy the process. Two, it's I think a very different process. It's shot back down in Australia, which I think helps it. Um, I think Tom Hanks likes American history. He I does. Think, I think we Tom know Hanks that. really likes American history, and I think he likes Elvis as a result of that. Well, he was. Uh, well, you wouldn't know this, but I know that he was once in a movie called Elvis Has Left the Building. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> famously, you. Uh, wait, did you watch? No, you didn't watch it. No, I watched. Oh no, I'm the one that didn't watch it, so I wouldn't know that he was in that movie. Um, I I think. I think actually, Tom Hanks may be an Elvis superfan. Why was he in that movie again? I think. What does he he do in it? I think he he gets killed. I think he's an Elvis superfan. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe he is. Maybe he just really likes Elvis. Um, I I, I think it's. I think it's two things. One, I think Tom Hanks needs needed to be in a bit more of a hit. I think like Tom Hanks hasn't had a big movie for a while. I think he yeah, doesn't. I, mean, I think he doesn't like a lot of the big movies getting made. Like I, I think he will probably never do a superhero film no. unless he is desperate. You know, eight flops, and even then Spielberg would take him back 
Ubisoft. Yeah, I mean, the, the last, outside of Toy Story 4, which is its own sort of thing, the last uh, big uh, success he was in was The Post, which was what? 2017? 2017, yes. Been a while. Yeah. Been a while, so, Tom. But, and The Post, you know, obviously was nominated for some Oscar stuff, but it's, you know, he's doing fine, but, uh, but I think after a string of, you know, fine films, I think he was like, I need a, I need a bit more of a cultural moment. And, you know, I'm not saying Elvis is the biggest movie of the year. That's Top Gun Maverick. Everyone go watch Top Gun Maverick. Uh, but uh, I do think it is one of the cultural landmarks of this year. And I think that's good for him. So I, I don't think he's... I, I think Butler's going to be nominated. Yep. If Tom Hanks does, there's no chance in hell he's going to win. Um, not, I love it. I love it. I fucking love it. But, uh, you know... Um, okay, so what, what what are you giving him out of five? Five. Um, I'm giving him a one. I think this. I think this is genuinely. I think this might be his worst ever performance. That's such. A, look, I, go back to the earlier films, man. He is trashing some of those. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, he is. He is. He is doing. He is making a choice here, and he's sticking to it. And it's, it's not a, a very bad sure, choice. Sure, but in the earlier, there's some earlier films where, like, um, what's the one where he's in uh, Palestine? Um, oh, uh, that is. Um, He's really uh, banned that. He's banned in uh, every time we say goodbye. Really banned. Okay. Every time we say goodbye. I think, really banned the red shoes. Is this, is, I think it is his worst performance since he became an established actor. Uh, so it is his worst. Oh, oh, performance oh, since Bonfire, the nineties. No, but uh, when's Bonfire of Vanities? Because uh, okay. that's trash. He's okay, bad in I that. will say it is his worst performance since, since Bonfire of the Vanities in nineteen ninety one. I can understand you saying that. I think maybe it's his best performance uh, since Captain Phillips. Uh, I he, he gets what he he understands what the director wants, and he, he gives a selfless selfless performance in being the vector for Baz Luhrmann's soul uh. if you like Baz Luhrmann movies he is the villain in every Baz Luhrmann movie and he is relishing being this villain uh, and I my, look my simple argument is there is a maybe another movie where this performance makes sense but uh, opposite Austin Butler and opposite really everyone else who's playing d- they're just in a different movie. He's like, no, I, I, like, and and that makes his like. If everyone else is doing one thing and he's, you're doing another, Tom Hanks. If no, everyone else is driving one no, no, way down the motorway and you're driving the other, you the, can't go. Baz Luhrmann made me no, no, do no, no, this. No, that's my thing. That is a Baz Luhrmann choice. Like my, I think my, I have two theories. One is there is a more Baz Luhrmann cut, and Warner Brothers came in and said, "We need you to make start making this more of a traditional biopic." Um, and I have a feeling that might be the case that because the, the latter stuff is different from the earlier stuff in the film. I think yeah, we could all agree. Um, uh, and Penny, the, do you agree? Sure. Dog. <laughs> the second thing is like you, you're 100 correct. Baz Luhrmann has been uh, not, sorry, Baz Luhrmann. Tom Hanks would fit perfectly into Moulin Rouge and has <laughs> been picked up from Moulin Rouge and moved across into uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and put in. And you know what? That kept it from just being Bohemian Rhapsody because you have this fucking insane guy in the middle of it. Fantastic. Okay, and so we move on to the tank Tom Hanks dick meter. How much of a dick is Tom Hanks's character in this? And you know what? He murdered Elvis. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Gonna go with a strong five. Who's the worst? What's the most I've ever given? What's the most you've ever? Oh, oh, that is very difficult to read on this spreadsheet. For some reason, I made your background yellow. Um, you've given a ten in Cloud Atlas, a seven in a hologram for the King, a seven in Cars. Uh, you gave him a five in Elvis has left the building, uh, seven in Band of Brothers, a seven in The Green Mile. 
think that is probably the only most serious one we can compare this to. You mm. gave him a seven in Green Mile because you believe he's a murderer. Yeah, he's a murderer. He works on death row. I'm sorry, he's a murderer. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him... Mm, mm, I really like Elvis. A hundred. Like, he's, he's the biggest... <laughs> he stole and killed Elvis. What even is our fucking scale anymore? This is ridiculous. Okay, I'll bring it down. Fifty. <laughs> Absurd. Right. Um, and Alexander, I think I'm going to know the answer to this question. Uh, are you going... To, is this going in your Hanks bank? Whatever that means anymore. Whatever the I, law of this I fucking thing I think I liked is. it less more when I left the cinema than talking to you from it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's going in my Hanks bank. Okay, But cool. watch Top Gun Maverick, guys. It's great. Cool. It better, but, you know, that was an eight of... Um, it's also going in my hands bag I really I'd like I think it deserves to go in on Austin Butler's performance alone I hope he wins the Oscar uh, I have absolutely no clue what else this man has been in uh, but I hope to see him in more specifically Elvis based things I think he might have blown his load on being Elvis because I don't understand how he could ever give another uh, a better performance um, but all the best to him uh, he also looks like every dick bully from a private school I've ever no. seen now that I'm looking him up um, but carried up. He was in. Who was he in Zoe One One? He. Holy he's... fucking shit! He was in Zoe One One. Go click on Zoe One One. Okay, give me a fucking second, you dickhead. Um, I love that show. So all filmography. Sorry, dear listeners. Uh, I know we'd normally be. He was in to... Dune. Oh. I know he's going to be in Dune Part Two. Great. Um, Dune. Dune's great. Well, I'm excited to see him in Dune Part Two in Zoe One One. He was James Garrett slash Danifer. No, uh, he has also that. he is apparently just a fucking Disney kid he was on yeah. iCarly he was he was on Ned's Declassified what? Zippy Brewster that must be a bully presumably right? Like, yeah that Ned's. sounds right that sounds right Austin Butler, Butler Ned's Declassified that was a great show what a concept for a show sorry dear listeners um, he is that kid. I've watched a lot of that show. Never seen him before in my life. Can I get back and rewatch that show? Because what a show. Anyway, a show. Jesus Christ. We have come to the end of a very sweaty record for us. Uh, and hopefully a delightful record for you. Uh, obviously, we are placing um, uh, Elvis in the Hanks Bank this week. So we do not have to uh, supplant it with something else. Thank God, because my throat is starting to hurt. Much like uh, Elvis, I'm sure, towards the end. Uh, so, Alexander... Uh, I'm going to hold the microphone up for you, uh, metaphorically, so you can take us home. What should our dear listeners do before our next release, which I believe is going to be Pinocchio, whenever that comes out. Uh, now listen, I need to, uh, to come out here and I need to uh, download the podcast. Uh, this is a pretty bad Elvis impression towards the end, but you know, you gotta I'm take the microphone and... I'm gonna try and deep throat it, and there's a pearl in my mouth. Uh, I'm gonna try. Very I'm, long gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> I got slightly pornographic in the end, but uh, look, as I felt to uh, swallow the uh, microphone whole uh, and tell you to download the podcast. Uh, you know, just to your friends. Uh, now we're recording less regularly. There's time for people to catch back up. Except uh, your girlfriend still hasn't. Exactly. A fiance, uh, sorry. Look, but from now on, that means we're already uh, recording stuff as it's. Uh, uh, irrelevant uh, at the time. Uh, I promise when Pinocchio comes out, we'll record this the weekend Pinocchio comes out. 
Uh, so I can't promise that. The, the, uh, within a week of Pinocchio coming out, we'll record the podcast uh, to so you can uh, know whether or not to watch it uh, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, There's also some Anne Hathaway movies coming out soon. Uh, yeah, top, Armageddon Time. Yeah, it's still not got a release date. Uh, also, I'm going to take a hot guess right now. You probably shouldn't watch Pinocchio. Don't think it's going to be very good. If you do want to watch a Pinocchio, you should watch um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio that's coming out. Uh, this... I, 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 what's the, did you see The Witches? I like Robert Zemeckis. Some, yes, some Robert yes. Yes, of course I saw the witches. Oh, we were going a fucking did. podcast about it. You did. It was okay. <laughs> it, was, it was okay. It's fine. Uh, this time round, I don't think Pinocchio's going to have a disability, so that's fine. Yeah, okay? that's fine. And I'm sure that Tom Hanks's accent in that movie will be I am fine. I, I think he uh, does have an Italian accent. Yay! <laughs> Tom like Hanks Tom... doing a fucking disaster tour of Europe. That's brilliant. <laughs> You know what? What other actor in his sixties uh, uh, is just going out there and you know giving it his all? All right. Some people they they lean back and they're just going to do the same thing every time. Tom Hanks gives the people what they want. Villains um, from Moulin Rouge. Uh, he should play more villains, but not this. Brilliant this villains. is bad. He, Fantastic. Like, maybe Best that maybe that's what the Pinocchio take is going to be. That Geppetto is actually uh, a horrific. <laughs> Fuck um, you, Dad, for making me. <laughs> yeah. How dare existence is pain? Why did you make me do this? Um, so join us next time for some more uh, Pinocchio and terrible accents, uh, and we will no longer be in person next time, unfortunately. Uh, so we will be back in all our Zoom goodness. Uh, in September. So until then, from me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that is one more ep. Sorry, there's one more ep in the bank. Glory, glory, podcast lawyer. Mine was better. The podcast's finishing. Mine was so much better. Blank Spank.